0: I was reminded of a verse um, and they were talking about the love of God. And some of you may be wondering, you say, why in the world is the love of God somewhere that is so precious? And I I was thinking about Romans chapter number eight, verse thirty five. It says, uh, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulations or distress or persecutions or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are, uh, we are being killed all day long and we are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. But then it goes on to say, none of these, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors in him who loved us. For we, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor present things, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, will be able to separate us. Yeah, a couple of people caught that. Nor things present, nor things to come, will be able to separate us. We're going to let it sink in. So what I'm dealing with and what I'm going through and the mistakes that... I, I like the part where they said who... And how many of you know that you're included in that who part? So even in your shortcomings, okay, y'all, all right. Maybe maybe, maybe you're not like me, cause see, I'm not perfect. So I, I, I know I stumble sometimes and I make mistakes and it's a good thing to know that I can read that verse, Gerald, that says, who can separate us? And when I look at the word who I realize is inclusive of me and I know those days when I fall short of his glory, I'm grateful that that still doesn't separate me from his love. Yeah. Okay, maybe 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 you haven't had to use that, but sometimes I realize that I I do fall short of God's glory, and it's a good thing to know that God won't turn His back on you because you may fall short, but He still loves you in spite of. Okay, okay. My grandmother used to say it this way: just keep living. She 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 would say uh, just just keep living and and I didn't realize what she meant and what she said was you haven't had the experiences yet but but if you keep living long enough you you'll find yourself on your knees in the middle of the night after you've stumbled and you'll lift up a hand and say God I still thank you God God I'm grateful God I realize that I'm being honest with myself and I know I don't deserve your love right now but in spite of you keep on loving me so that's why I'm grateful for that 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 verse that says for who can separate us? And the song, and the writer simply said nobody. Nobody can separate us from his love. If you're a visitor and you, you're here, we've been talking about the presence of God. We've been talking about the fire of God. We've been talking about uh, fanning the flame. That's that's been our theme for um, this series. And uh, I, I want to continue to dig into it. And that's why you heard so many songs from. Um, the set that they did this morning that was talking about the presence of God and the fire of God, because for the last couple of weeks, we've been Preaching and talking about how important it is to have the fire of God burning down. That's why I said start a fire down in my soul that I can't contrain, that I can't contain that that I can't control because I need this fire. Because if I have this fire inside of me that what no matter what life throws at me, I'll, I'll still be able to overcome because there's a fire that's burning and is raging. And that fire calls me to want to fulfill the will of God in my life. And so we've been talking about this fire, and it's important this morning um, to not leave you with a cliffhanger. and Because many of you will leave out of here, and you'll be excited, and you'll feel uh, empowered, and then life will hit you on Monday. Somebody will cut you off on 77. I have to drive to Charlotte for work now. and Lord have mercy. It, it, it tests your patience when people are darting in and out. And, and, and so you say, okay, you're trying to put my flame out. Or, 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 maybe, or maybe you're at work and you're at school and, and the teacher, you know, you, you turned in an assignment and you did the best, but it came back and you bombed the assignment and you look at it and you say, miss, you're trying to put my flame out. Or, or, or maybe the husbands, they forget to put the seat down or take the trash out and the wife is saying, listen, <laughs> you're trying to put my flame out. So, so, so it's important now. It's important that as we go through these this, these next couple moments together, um, that I give you some practical skills, some practical things to protect the flame. That's that's what we want to talk about um, this morning: protecting the flame. Because the last thing we want to do, Pastor Kevin and I, we want to do is have you get to July or June and you've been passionate about God all year long, and then you go through a series where you your your attendance becomes sporadic, and because you know that's typically how. Church attendance comes when you go through some trials and tribulations. It kind of gets sporadic. You 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 hear, and then to next Sunday, well, I'm gonna take this Sunday off. But then you you want to come back because you don't want to let anybody know you're dealing with anything. And then you come back and you miss a Sunday or two. And then gradually it'll it'll progress. And then we're like, man, we're so and so. And it's simply because they let their flame go out. It's because they were struggling, trying to keep their flame lit, trying to keep it ablaze. But they didn't have the skills or the know how to keep it protected. And then life happened and the flame got blown out. And then now, as Pastor Kevin mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, your, your wood has become saturated. And now that it's saturated with this other stuff, it takes that much longer to try to dry it all out that we can reignite it again. So my only desire this morning, my only uh, purpose this morning is to give you some things to allow you to protect your flame. So you guys know me. I'm a, I'm a visual uh, preacher. I, I love illustration. So I want to do something real quick. Um, come here, Carly. You're going to be my you're going to be my flame lighter. All right. So 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 real quick, I, Kevin did this. and I was thinking about this. Have you ever seen somebody do something cool and then you ever wanted to do it? All right, so Kevin, he, he, he did these last couple weeks. He was like, hold that real quick. You know how to use that? All right, so Kevin would be like, he, he would say this. He would be like, the fire comes from who? Uh-huh. All right, I wanted to do that because, like, y'all got to do it better than y'all do it for him. All right, make me feel good. All right, so the fire comes from who? God. Uh-huh. All right, whose who's responsibility is to keep it flaming? Uh-huh. All right, cool. That was better than Kevin's, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so, so light the flame for me. So the fire is coming. She says she knows how to use it. I'm just kidding. With you. Thank you. So here's, here's the flame. The flame is burning. The flame that, that, that's inside of us that, that God has given is it, it, blazing. And eventually it will pick up a little bit. And so we've been talking about fanning the flame. As I fan the flame, it starts to pick up. It starts to become a little more intense. You you know, when I first started, it was small, but then I started to fan it. And then it started to pick up. Now, this is how life is. And I'm going to go to the scripture because I believe that we're only preaching about the word and not just stuff. So I'm going to bring it back to the word. But this is how it is. This is the flame that's inside of us. That first Sunday that we came into the new year, we made these declarations that this is going to be a great year, a phenomenal year. Things are going to be amazing, and and we have this flame burning. And then things that watch this, you can't see, start to affect it. See, that's why you should have sat up front today. You would have been able to see the illustration better. But 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 this flame is steady. But 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 if you if you can watch it later, if you can if you can visualize it, I I want you to see it. Stuff around it that you sometimes can't even see starts to affect your flame. There's things that start happening, and they start affecting our flame, and if we're not careful, we'll let it blow it out. If we do it fast enough, we we can hurry up and light it again. If we do it fast enough, we got it back because I got a job. So my flame is good now. We, we, we hit a little bump in the road, but now the flame is cool. But then life continues to happen. And it starts to make us waver. It starts to make us waver. It becomes more difficult for the flame to stay lit. And if we're not careful... It'll blow out. Now, I'm not going to bore you by blowing this out 50 times and lighten it back. But I, I want to make sure I drive home the illustration, because as I'm preaching this message, I, I want you to see this imagery in the back of your head. So now, many of you that are sitting in here. I'm glad you I want you to hear this. Some of us, because of the occupations that we have, some of this stuff may sound familiar. Rebecca, tell me if you remember this. I solemnly pledge myself before God in the presence of this assembly to, to, to pass my life in purity and practice my profession faithfully. I will abstain from whatever is, what's that D word, the, the literist or the or whatever, and mischievous. And I will not take or un- unknowingly administer any harmful drugs. I will do all in my power to maintain and to elevate my standard of profession. I will hold in confidence all personal matters uh, committed to me, me keeping, and all family affairs coming to my knowledge and practice of my calling. With loyalty, I endeavor to aid the physician in his work, and I devote myself to the welfare of those committed to my care. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Raise your hand if it does. (laughs) Yeah. Some of y'all, that didn't mean anything. But watch this. If Dr. Mike was here, he he would hear he would know these words to say, I I, I swear to fulfill to the best of my abilities to judge this covenant. I will respect the hard work and science, scientific gains of those physicians whose steps I walk in. And I gladly share such knowledge as in mine with those who are uh, to follow. Or maybe maybe you're 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 in the military and you you've heard a different pledge. You you said I I, I pledge I vow to protect and defend. You and, and so what I'm saying is these are oaths that are made to a certain professions. The first thing that I read was called the Nightingale Pledge. It's, it's a pledge that many nurses begin to recite when they began to go through their pinning ceremony. They're pin and they have to make this vow. This is my vow. I, I won't I won't knowingly administer any drug. That'll hurt somebody. That's a vow that they make. Dr. Mike and uh, Dr. Ann and some of the other doctors, they they, they took a pledge that was called the Hippocratic Oath. And they began to talk about how they make these vows. To make sure they take care of those that have been placed in their care. And then many of our foreign, uh, our, our uniformed officers, they they've stood and they've proudly declared that I was I swear I promise to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States of America. So help me God. I was I was meditating and I was studying and I was reading and I was like, okay, what's the difference between a vow and an oath? The oath is you're making a promise to things that's to come. You're, You're making an oath at that moment that, you know what, no matter what's going to come, I'm making this vow. And as I make this vow, I'm making it with such due diligence that I'm going to make sure no matter what comes my way, I'm going to stand and protect. Now, if you're not careful, and I, and I love words, uh, society has a way of diminishing responsibility. You know, for some of my teachers, you know, now some of you guys believe or some of you've been taught or told that it's your responsibility to raise a kid. And the truth of the matter is, it's the parents. But it's your responsibility as an educator to make sure you make sure that they're all well. But watch this. What happens is we go through life and if we're not careful, we'll get things, people to tell us certain things and it'll mess up our responsibility. I was looking at these two words, Jeff. I was looking at the word, you know, as we progress and we become more contemporary in life, you start to hear these cliche things like, you know, I'm a believer. What do you believe in? You believe in the tree out in the yard? I, I, I'm a believer. What, okay, what do you believe? Well, I'm a believer, but I remember my grandmother used to say, I'm a Christian first. Now, look at the context of these two words. A believer is simply one that believes there's no specific thing that they believe. But yet a Christian, if we dissect the word, a Christian is one who's made a declaration of vow to follow God. And so many of us haven't audibly made this profession as far as like, God, this is what I'm going to do. But when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, not only did you become a Christian, but you made a vow to God that I'm going to do everything in my power to protect the flame. God, I want to follow you. How many of you know that in following God, you got some protection to do? Because if you're not careful, this thing called peer pressure for my high school kids, middle school kids, elementary school kids. Peer pressure will come in and cause you to abandon everything that you know you should be doing. All because of what somebody else said or what somebody else did. And so as a Christian, if I'm going to profess to be a believer of Jesus Christ then I have to be steadfast, unmovable, committed to making sure everything that I have to do, that when my, le- my head lays down on the pillow for the very last time, God can be pleased with the work I've done because I've protected my flame each and every day because the flame didn't come from me, it came from who? So why wouldn't you protect it? Let's walk through the Bible. So in Genesis, 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 Genesis. I, I want to talk about three facets of protecting your flame. You know, that, that was a conversation that took place in Genesis. And if uh, you, you, you've you taken place or taken part in Miss Pax's class, you will remember or you would have heard us talk about this a couple weeks ago. In Genesis chapter number three, verse number one, it says this. It says, now the serpent was more crafty. Somebody say crafty. He was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God made. And he said to the woman. Did God really say you must not eat any from any tree in the garden? Did did God really say that? And so what happened was there was a moment where, watch this, Eve was supposed to protect the flame, but she made it more vulnerable. Instead of being able to respond appropriately and tell him what thus says the Lord, she allowed herself to be vulnerable and she was swayed and she allowed herself to be positioned to do something that God hadn't told her to do. So the first thing for you guys that are taking notes, point number one is this. In order to protect my flame, I must walk in the word. You can't protect your flame if you don't know the word. Because what will happen is this. Somebody will say something to you, they'll they'll say you're not going to amount to anything. You're 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 just you're just like your father. That was Prince. That was like when doves cry. <laughs> I so didn't mean to, I, I didn't mean that. But, you know, <laughs> pray for me. You're just like you're 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 just like your grandfather. You you you're just like your brother. You're you're just like somebody else. And these people that they're associating you with, these are people who who have struggled with certain things. But how many of you know what somebody else does isn't you? Okay, okay, I'm gonna say that again because that should have freed somebody. What somebody else does is not you. Okay, I'm gonna say it again. What somebody else does, that's not you. So if there's somebody that's close to you that's done something that's contrary, that doesn't mean that that same thing falls on you. You have the power to be above those situations. The Bible says, even as I read earlier, we're more than conqueror. So you you're not going to mount anything. I'm more than a conqueror there's no way you you're going to mount anything. God has a plan for my life. He said in Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans that I have for you, declare the Lord plans to prosper me and not harm me, but to give me hope in the future. So you can say what you want to say, but I know what God said. So if you're going to protect the flame, you have to know the word. You have to make sure that you move in the word. Psalms 119. It, it, it was King David talking to Solomon and he began to walk through the Hebrew alphabet and he he began to say, listen, son, you got to remember that the word is going to be a light unto your feet and a light unto your path. God is going to guide you and lead you if you trust in him. But you got to know the word. So when difficulty comes. You're confronted with a situation. Can I protect the flame or am I going to make it vulnerable? You, you you're laid off from your job or sickness comes and invades your body. And and, and you're, you're you're in that vulnerable moment where you're having to ask yourself, am I going to be able to protect the flame or am I going to leave it vulnerable? The, the Bible says that if there's a, any afflicted among you, let him call for the elders of the church, anoint thy head with oil and pray, and then you'll be healed. There's something that the word has said about me that if I can find out the word. Then I can protect the flame. So I challenge you this morning, this week before Sunday comes again, make sure you read through Psalms 119 because you'll begin to see how Solomon was being taught. He was being raised up. He was given practical skills to say that if if I employ these things. then These things should help me be able to protect the flame instead of leaving it vulnerable. 119.11, it says "Thy word. Have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee? See, that, that that's, that's protecting the flame. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Let's go do this now. The word says something else. All right, let, let's go over here. No, the word says something else. And I'm going to hide it in my heart that you may not even see that I know the word. But you know what? When it, the moment comes when I have to protect it, I can do what I need to do. Let's keep going. The next one I want to talk about was: in order to protect the flame, you must watch your surroundings. You must watch your surroundings. I, I I like talking to young people because I believe that that's our future. I believe that's our present. I believe that they are world changers. I tell my kids every night before they go to bed. I say, "Listen, you're a world changer. You're a world changer." Kathy, you probably were wondering what 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 Pastor D told Kobe when he was sitting on the floor together. And, and I told him that he's a world changer. I told him that there's something that God has placed inside of him, Chris, that because of his hunger for God and his openness and his willingness and obedience to God to be vulnerable in, in the presence of God, no matter how young he is, but he has a desire to say, God, I want a relationship with you. What I told him was this. God is going to honor that and there won't be anything that he asked God for that God won't do. So that, that, that's what our conversation was about, just just so you know. But what I'm telling you and the reason why I make that verbal and I make it open is because of this. There, there's different types of friends. There, there are people that are around you that that'll come and protect your flame. And then there's people that'll come and throw water on your flame. You, yeah. Yeah. Some of y'all had those kind of friends. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but you clapped, So you, you made it kind of obvious. But, but but watch this, watch this. In Job 2 and 9, let's, let's go to Job 2 and 9 real quick. Job 2 and 9, something strange happened. That was a conversation. The conversation took place, and the conversation that took place, Job had a conversation with somebody that was close to him. You know, a lot of times we talk about, uh, Job's friends, but I want you to see this. Job 9, it says, then his wife told him, he said, uh, do you ref- do you remain firm in your integrity? Curse God and die. <laughs> you talking about having to protect your flame. His wife. She said, well, you still hold on into integrity. Just curse God and die. Watch his response to her. You're talking like a foolish one. You're talking like foolish women do. Are we to accept what is good, but not what is tragedy? You have to understand something about God. God knows our life from the beginning to the end. As I quoted early in Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you, but to give you hope in the future. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through tribulations. And the key thing is to know is this, is that even if you go through a trial or a tribulation, it has to work for God's good because he says, I know the plans that I have for you. Can you imagine in your greatest trial that you've been through in life? If you can just for a moment. Think about your greatest trial that you've been through in life. Can you imagine what it would have been like if you would have taken this word uh, for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you, but to give you hope in the future? Can, Can you imagine if you would have been able to take that word and wrap it around your greatest tragedy? Think about what that looks like real quick. Your greatest tragedy in life. When you want to throw in the towel and you, you, you wrap it up with the word that says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Huh? <laughs> think, think about it. I, I, I'm laid off. But. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm in fear of losing stuff. But then. He wrapped me up and says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you. That'll get you off the stool of do nothing and you'll begin to move through each day and say, OK, God, I, I'm not at work, but there evidently must be something you need me to do in this season. OK, that, that didn't resonate. You, you, you're in a situation where you're, you, you've lost a child or you lost somebody close to you. But but yet, you know, God. And now the person across town has went through a trial and a tribulation and they're about to lose their mind because they don't know the solid rock that you stand on. They, 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 they don't know the one who said that I, I'll wipe all tears from your eyes. They don't know the one that said, I'll give you peace that surpass all understanding. See, see, they don't know him. They don't know what he'll freely give to those who love him. So therefore, in the midst of my trial and my tragedy, when I thought I was going to lose my mind, I realized that even in this moment where I want to give up, there's somebody else over there that's going to need me. So, God, I'm grateful for over there because they couldn't get through there over here. So I'm going to love my over there because I'm going to help them get from over here. So, you got to know the word. You got to know the word. The Bible says, Thy word I meditate on day and night. Because life's going to come, y'all. I don't know if you know it or not. If, if, if you wake up in the morning, guess what? <laughs> life's coming. <laughs> it ain't always coming with gifts either. Romans 8 and 28 says that, For all things work together. Somebody say, All things. All, all things work together for the good. Or them that love God and that are called according to his purpose. So I'm going through something, but I'm not going to let it affect my flame. Because I know that God is going to turn this thing around for my good. And if I just believe. So you got to you got to watch the people that are around you. Are they going to protect your flame or are they going to leave it vulnerable? I'm grateful for, for Pastor Jeff here and, and, and what he does and his wife does. I went to the youth group last week, and when I was up there, I, I, I seen um, uh, Leanne, she had a piece of paper. She said, you guys watch this, and, and it was cool. It was a, a little brown paper, and, and, and it had one of those little twisty things down through the inside of a person and she said watch this and she showed it to me and it was a person this way but then she said this is what we talked to our kids about and she took it and she spit the man around and she held it this way she said the man came in laying down but he walked out standing up and what she said was this he couldn't get there by himself first but yet he had some people that were willing to protect the I wish I had some people that were excited he said I have some friends I have some friends that even if you can't get through it by yourself I'll walk with you even if you want to throw in the towel i'll take the towel from you and i'll walk with you even if you can't get there i'll carry you there why because i know that you matter you matter the bible says that there was no room in the place that jesus was teaching but yet these men they realized how important jesus was to this man and they said listen you can't walk but we're gonna carry you Pat. (laughs) we're gonna grab our corner and we're gonna go up to the top and we're gonna take the roof off a house that don't even belong to us. That's how much we love you. Yeah, yeah. When, I, when I caught that revelation of that story, that, that blew my mind. That these people love this man so much that they damaged something that didn't even belong to them. <laughs> See, they just caught it. Yeah, I was the same way. I was like, what in the world? And he lured him down and Jesus looked at him. And watch this, y'all. If you go back and read the story, It wasn't about the man's faith that caused him to get up. Read the story this week. Remember, I told you, you got to know the word. Jesus looked at the faith of the friends and said, if you got friends like these, you got to get up, because if you ever repay what they've done for you. So you got to make sure that you're able to protect the flame, young people, by the people that you have in your circle. If they cause your flame to become vulnerable, you need to cause them to check out. Don't be Superman or Superwoman and think that you can take some of your friends and change them. Only God can do that. You can pray for them, you can support them, you can walk alongside of them. But when you see that they're pulling you away from your relationship with God, when you see that these people are affle- affecting your relationship more than you're affecting theirs, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. Then it, then it's time to reevaluate and say, I gotta check out some stuff because my flame is now vulnerable. One last place and we'll get ready to get out of here. We're going to do a little bit of time of ministry. Paul said these words. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, and uh, Romans 12, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If you're going to protect the flame. You got to make sure that every day. Your body is a living sacrifice. No matter what it is that you have to walk through for God, you will and say, you know what, God, yet though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It was in Isaiah, they said, who shall I send? He said, send me. I'll go. That should be your mindset. That should be your attitude. If you're more than a believer and you're actually a Christian, your mindset should be this. God, no matter how difficult the places are, send me, I'll go. God, I'll be the one that Bear the I, I'll bear the grunt of it. I'll stand in the gap. I'll be the one to still stand up and tell him that you're still an amazing God. I'll be the one to still stand up for what's right and what's wrong in the sight of God. I'll be the one to do those things. Galatians 2 and 20 says this. And one of my favorite scriptures when I first came into ministry, it was it was a scripture that I, I, I literally walk with every single day. It says I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives within me. So every day that you move, you have to realize that if the fire came from God, he's living inside of you. He's moving you. He's shaping you. He's trying to take you to that place that he desires for you to be. He wants you to complete everything that he's assigned to you. I'll end with this story. There was a man who went to heaven and some of you may have heard it, so I'll try to shift it a little bit. You know, have you ever heard a preacher tell the same story? You're like, yo, that didn't work this time. (laughs) But there was a story about a man. He died and he went to heaven. And this angel was giving him his tour. And there was this warehouse off in the distance. And the man asked about it. What's that over there? That's not, just keep coming. Ignore that. But as they walked off, the man kept looking back. And kept pointing back, well, what's that over there? And the just said, listen, really, don't worry about it. And the man was kind of like me. He's kind of inquisitive. So he asked again, man, listen, just, just tell me. It's okay. Not only will I tell you, but I'll show you. So they took a field trip. They went off the path and they went to this warehouse. When they walked in, they were greeted by the guy at the door and they said, well, we need to go down to g Isle. The guy said, g Isle. The guy's last name was Green. So as he's walking, he sees all these names. And he stops, and he sees his name. He's like, hey, that's my name. The man said, yeah. Angel said, yeah. He said, well, what's inside of the box? Angel pulls it down, and he opens it up. And the man looks down and there's treasure. The man's looking perplexed and he asks the angel, he said, why is this still up here? He said, you remember when I was calling you to do certain things and you didn't do it. I couldn't release it. Your box was supposed to be empty. But because you didn't protect the flame.'" I had to hold on to it, hoping that you would get it the next time, but because you didn't. That's why I told you, (laughs) you shouldn't even worry about it, because now you have to live every day here realizing what you missed out on. So I want to tell you this, guys. This flame, sometimes it's hard to keep lit, I'll be honest with you. Listen, one thing about me, I am a real preacher. I'm real as they get. This flame is sometimes hard to keep lit. But I'll tell you this, it's worth it. It's worth it. The sacrifice that you have to make is worth it. The things that you have to walk away from is worth it. And you may stumble sometimes. And it may go out. But here's the beauty of the song that we heard this morning. He'll set a fire down in your soul. He, he won't leave it to you to do. If you notice what the songwriter said, he, he didn't leave it to the person to light the fire. Say I'll set a fire down in your soul. That you can't control, that you can't contain. So some of you guys may be here and your flame may be burning and it may be burning bright. High five. Proud of you. Keep it going. If I can help you protect it, let me know. But there's some of you guys that are here and. It flames out. You've been trying to figure out if this thing was going to ever reunite. And hey Chris, I was worried about this. I was like, man, there's sprinklers in there. But I was like, I don't think there's enough smoke. That kept me up last night, dude, for real. I was like, that would be so crazy if these sprinklers go off and it'd be because of me. But there's some of you guys that may be in here and your flame may be out. It may be out. God says, I got the lighter. I'll reignite it. I'll reignite it. I'll reignite it. My grandmother, she told me this verse and she told me a lot about the character of God growing up and I applied a lot of those principles to my life and I is one that I hold on dear to and it's the principle that God is a gentleman He's a gentleman revelations even tells us and that's what she taught me that we we're she was teaching me about the seven churches and she was then she taught me about the fact that 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 God was a gentleman he Jesus, they're gentlemen. They don't force anything. It says, she, she taught me the scripture, Chris, that said, behold, I'll stand at the door and knock. And whosoever opens up the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with them and I'll never leave. And I'm grateful she taught me that in ministry because it takes the pressure off of me as a preacher that it's not for me to cause you to get up out of your seat and respond to the call of God. It's on you. So if nobody ever says anything, if nobody ever moves, I'm cool. Because I know that when I take my seat, I know I've done everything he's charged me to do and that opportunity of standing. So now the situation is on you. If your flame is lit and it's protected and it's well, I pray for your strength. I pray that, that God will continue to keep giving you the strength to keep it protected. But for the ones who will be honest and say, my flame's out. We want to pray with you. I want our ministry team to come. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Your flame's out. And you've been coming week after week just trying to see if it was going to spark. And God's like, yo, it'll spark, but you you, you got to be the sacrifice. You remember he talked about in Leviticus. He said, you got to be the off. You, you have to be the offering. You have to be that offering that's on there. And if you put yourself on the altar, I'll cause the fire to fall. So now the question becomes, are you willing to put yourself on the altar? Are you willing to put yourself on the altar so that the fire can come? Are you willing to put yourself on the altar for the fire to come? Chris, you going to play again? As Chris plays the song, I want you to do an inventory about your fire, your flame. I want you to ask yourself two questions. Is my flame lit? And am I protecting it or making it vulnerable? Those are the only two questions I need you to ask. If you don't know Christ, it's not lit to start with. So we give you the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Who will take away the sins of the world. We give you that opportunity first. So if that's you and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to come into a relationship with him. And then if you have accepted him and you ask yourself those two questions. Well, my flame went out. But I want somebody else to pray with me. I want to touch and agree with somebody. They're available. If it's vulnerable and you don't know why. God, I don't know why my flame keeps flickering. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. You're not sure. Come pray with them for clarity, to give you revelation of how to make that flame burn brighter. And if it is protected, and if it it is fine, you can still come and just pray that you'll be able to continue to withstand, as the Bible says, the fiery darts of the enemy, because they'll keep coming. They'll keep coming. If that's you in any capacity, I want you to come. I want you to come.